0: Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fredland, and as always, joined by our panel guys, let's sound off. Who do we got in the house
1: tonight? Uh, Andrew Feist is here.
2: Chris uh, Jones, I'm um, 5x5 on PokerStars and Twitter, if you're looking for me.
3: <laughs> Man 50 is Rob Washam in the house.
4: I'm Jim Reed, and you can find me at Hold'em underscore Steelers.
0: And five by five, we're always looking for you, Chris. By the way, just 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 for what that's worth. But uh, thanks to our official sponsor, Running Ace's Racetrack Casino Hotel, our our other podcast sponsors, uh, Learn Pro Poker and Website Amp. Uh, this is episode one eighty six, and today we have Adam Friedman. Uh, and after the interview, stick around for our panelists round robin. We're going to give some information on what's happening across all of the amazing rec poker community. But two things, real quick, we want to bring your attention to. The first is something we've been waiting to, uh, to bring up for quite a while, and that is the fact that we are officially going to be relaunching Rec.Poker. Oh um, by the time God. you're hearing this, the new site will be up. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. We're super excited. Uh, for those of you who are already members, you're going to enjoy this immensely more uh, than the current structure that we're on. For if you're not a member, you'll become a member trust me, you will. And uh, we're opening this up so you. It's a free membership to be part of the community. And then we have different levels. So premium content. We'll talk all about that later, but man, it's, it's here uh, and uh, we're super excited about it. Uh, and the other thing that we're pretty excited about as well is, is on this Wednesday, July 8th, uh, we have our monthly mixed game Uh, Playing on Poker Stars. And uh, we have to try to convince Adam Friedman to play. We'll see if he's available, but uh, we do have a commitment from Chris Moneymaker. So he is going to be jumping into our horse tournament uh, on Wednesday night. So uh, knock him out. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast and, of course, bragging rights for the rest of your life. Uh, But a couple of really cool things, but we'll talk more about some of that as we get going. Um, Today, as I mentioned, we have Adam Friedman, a good friend of the show. Uh, If you've been listening for a while, he was on episodes 153 and 154. It was so great we had to split it into two episodes. Uh, He's a huge fan of mixed games, very accomplished in Hold'em and mixed games. I'll give you a little bit of his resume, but uh, this could go on and on and on. But if you don't know Adam, uh, three World Series of Poker bracelets in mixed games. Uh, He won his first one back in 2012 in the $5,000 seven-card stud high-low. And then he went back-to-back. 2018-2019, uh, winning the $10,000 buy-in, Dealers Choice Championship six-handed, uh, 293018 eighteen increased it to 312000 in 2019. Uh, obviously looking for a three-peat this year. We'll see what happens there. But uh, several other final tables uh, at the World Series. But he's also a wonderful no-limit hold'em player as well. Uh, I've had the opportunity to cover the MSPT, and I watched him take third uh, in a tournament in Cleveland at the Jack Casino Cleveland, and then the next year he took third again, and then the next time they ran it six months later, he won the sucker. So uh, pretty well accomplished, all told, about $3.1 million in Hendon Mob earnings, and that may have been the longest introduction to a guest I've ever given. Uh, So with that, why don't we bring in uh, Adam Friedman. Adam, uh, thanks for joining us.
5: Glad to be here. How's everyone doing?
0: We're doing well, man. We're doing well. Now, are you in Ohio right now? Where are you at?
5: Yep, in Columbus. uh, Just going along with life. I can say I have never experienced June. I've never experienced the first two weeks uh, in Ohio since I was 22 or 23. So this is new. This is uh, definitely new. I mean, right now would be what? I think the main event would be going on about now. Yeah. Which means in all likelihood, I'd probably be knocked out in order to be, I'd be playing cash at the Bellagio, but, you know, <laughs> the, so it'd be, one or the, it'd be one or the other right
0: now. This is the time of year that I play cash at the Bellagio after busting the main. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how, how weird is it? I mean, let, let's start there. How, how weird is it you bring it up that normally that's part of what you're doing, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming you have sort of a rhythm of, you know, preparing for the World Series and that sort of thing. Like, how different is it this year than other years for you uh, in your game?
5: Uh weird is definitely uh, an understatement. Uh, this is, like I said, I haven't been here since I was 22. I'm 38 now. And uh, just, I mean, to say that, I guess, I've really gone with the flow of things the last 15 years, I never really realized how true that was until just being more or less stuck, stuck here. Uh, I never, like I said, never experienced summers in Ohio uh, since uh, in between uh, years when I was in Indiana, essentially, uh, going to school. Uh, you know, it's usually, it's a, I'm an hour later than I guess all you guys right now. It's 7.35. 35 would normally be, uh, so it'd be 4.35 in Vegas. And we'd, like I said, I'd either be right now in a cash game in Bellagio or I'd be, let's see, what would be the second or third level uh, of the main event right now on, what, day one or day two? So uh, it'd be one or the other right now. And then there's always the possibility I'm burned out and taking the day off and I'm just staying in probably the Airbnb I rented or uh, meeting friends for sushi. I mean, just why not?
0: Because <laughs> why not? Well, I was going to ask. I mean, is is there part of you at all that's sort of like, man, it's kind of nice to have the summer off, or is it, man, no, I I really miss this thing.
5: You know, what? I, I I can honestly say uh, I initial my initial thought was going to be, yeah, you know, maybe it won't be the worst thing in the world taking taking the summer off, but like I said, I, I I mean, I still enjoy playing poker a lot. I I don't have that initial love that I had like the first like year or two when you're first discovering everything. But I can honestly say I, compl- I absolutely miss it. I miss playing all the big cash games at Bellagio. I miss going through the swings of torture, uh, of just getting brutalized. And then the nights where I'm just crushing I just smile and series, I'm just smiling and looking to see whose faces I've devastated. And then at the same time, when I do, I mean, I, I've never played, I, I, yeah, I don't play a tremendous amount of tournaments at the Rio. Maybe on average 15 to 20 events, which I guess is a good amount, but it's not a full schedule by any stretch. Uh, on average, I tend to make about one final day of a World Series, uh, sometimes two. But, you know, those are always fun. I mean, to me, turn, tournaments are always great once you get to the, about the final day. The first day or two, it's like, oh, you know, it's going through motions. You know, it, it, it's hard for me generally to generally, generally get really excited. Unless it's an event, I really, really look forward to playing. Uh, the 10K mixed events, you know, they're, they're offered nowhere other than the World Series, and you still get a good amount of people. So. When I get the chance to play the DOS, the like my the, the four events I always play the dealer's choice, the horse is stud high and stud eight are better. Uh, I there's no other time to play those events, and so it's like, it, I guess if it were you know like an event every two weeks around the around the country that'd be one thing, and I would do with losing luster. But just because I never get a chance to play those events, those I tend to look more forward to. But besides that, you know it's a you know the other events are you know, other great when you get to play them, but it's, it's hard to get excited until you get until you've gotten rid of about ninety percent of the players. Like ooh, we got a shot and you know to maybe do something nice but until then I mean I'll take cash games over all that until you get to about the final two tables or so
0: okay the the rush of the rush of playing down to one right
5: yeah I mean like I said once you get to the final couple tables you know the, the, then the excitement really gets there it's like oh boy here we go we got to shut. and then when you bust out like in 12th or 17th or something it's like why was I here why was I in Appalachio was <laughs> <laughs> playing it's the worst. I mean, I, I I almost would have been happier if I would have just gotten my brains blown in a blaster for a better number. It's, uh, it's the absurdity of what we do for a living. Uh, you almost have to enjoy some of the torture, some of the losses, uh, which is an incredibly odd thing to say or understand, unless you've actually been through the wars, which I believe, which we all have on certain levels. Also, everybody here on the panel, anyone's ever played poker. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you fight for, whether you know, a lot to one person might not be necessarily as much as it was, but the feeling is still the exact same. Mm-hmm. Right. The torture, it, it's there. It, the brutalization. When you come home after a long session, or whether it's you're playing live or online, and then you're going to bed and you can't stop thinking, like, "Oh my God, what just happened here?" And then you're just lying in bed, you can't sleep, and you're, oh, God, I hate this person. Person A, I just want, want to let them beat them for <laughs> It's just the worst. It doesn't. And it doesn't matter if they can beat you out. Why well, they beat you out of. $50
0: or $10 or it does dollars it's all the
4: yeah.
5: same. It's or, or, all or a
0: free same. game. We talk about that like we play these nightly free games, and I, I you know, three-handed, I got my Queens cracked or whatever, and I was like, no! <laughs> I mean, it's a free game. Who cares? But, yeah, yeah, they, we're, we're in it for the for the love of the game, right?
5: I, I, especially when you're not playing for a living, definitely. Like I said, when you're playing for a living, at the end of the day, you're yeah. really using money. There's no question about it. Yeah. And otherwise – uh, I can honestly say my my respect to them goes down a tiny bit just because they have absolutely no clue or no realization if this is the, if this is the path they choose for a living. Uh, you know, those are the people who are this. You're just not going to be seeing them or hearing about them six months from now, five years from now, anything in between. Just the way it is. Uh, and if you don't approach it like that, if this is what you do for a living, you it can't be. It's got to be about making money. That's it, it. Really does. If this is what you decide to do. You know, it's and I, like I've always said I've never recommended anybody to do this for a living. I say, you know, if you got a job, even if you don't necessarily love it by any stretch, which majority of people don't love their jobs, keep it fun, keep it recreational. And if you make some money on the side, it's terrific. It's terrific. You got a hobby that makes money. I don't know how many people that have that. Right. I I I don't know anybody that can do that. <laughs> that's really hard to do. That's like what one that's like what, like one percent of one percent of people, maybe one ten thousand. I had to guess, so yeah, keep it fun when you can. Uh, you know, like I, but like I said, when you're doing it for a living, you got to take some of the fun out of it and really just treat it like any other business.
2: it sounds like you're you're a pretty big Bellagio loyalist. Tell tell me tell me why that's the best poker room in Vegas, or why you think that? Because you know, I've talked to people who say Aria or Venetian or The Wynn or you know, what what why the Bellagio?
5: That's where all the Mexicans are. No, there's no other. If they moved, if they moved
2: all
5: the games to the Palace Station, then
2: the Palace. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. So and if if uh if you were coaching or advising somebody who was about to play in their first horse game ever against a world champion, <laughs> uh what would be the first few tips you'd give to somebody who's never played in a horse game ever?
5: I would say don't feel too bad about losing fifteen or twenty thousand or so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, chances are you're just really unlucky, and uh, don't feel bad about it. I'm sure you it just
2: keep coming back, right? I come back
0: tomorrow.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, no. I, again, I mean, I, I can't imagine. You know, like I said, if, if I was playing someone for the first time right now, and they were playing in my games. Myself and every other person, uh, and every other person named, basically almost everyone's a pro, I'm the majority of our pros in our games, uh, it, it's Christmas. Uh, I mean, it's Black Christmas. The only question is how much money are they going to dump? Is right. it a lot or is it going to be an absurd amount? Uh, and then usually when you get something like that, it just dumps a ton of money. Somehow, if there's not like a list and, and it's all, like, and you know, like the first, let's say two or three players are all superstar players. You'll always see a lot of people just like, it's just whatever now. I mean, it'll be the same game as always, but somehow it loses its luster for that day. So you'll see a lot of people just come back. It'll be the same lineup the following day, actually. So, But no, in general, uh, the, the, this, is, this is what I would always say. The best way I can answer that question, I guess, more correctly or directly, is whenever you're playing in a game, whether it's you're playing with someone that's horse in a or whatever, See if you can spot who, who you believe the best player is. Try to watch what they're doing when you're, uh, you're in a hand with them, and more importantly, and just at the point of when you're not in a hand them, see what they're doing. What what, what makes them the winning player in that game? And, and again, it doesn't necessarily mean that person's going to win if they play in a tougher lineup or anything. I just, you know, why is person A always beating people X, Y, and Z in this game? Uh, and sometimes you can always ask the person the question. Some people are more forthcoming in terms of being honest, and some people might not be. In, I understand, I understand both sides. Uh, me, it's very dependent on who, who uh, when there have been people. If I know for a fact, uh, let's say a fish or whatever, it, if I generally believe they're never gonna play the game again, I will answer really every question they want because I want them to play. Because even if, even if I answer it, they're never gonna be able to conceptualize everything, but you still want them coming back. If I believe they're they're every bit as good as me and they don't even realize it because they're the players i played with, they don't even know they're as good as they are. But it's It they might be one or two things away, and when it all snaps, it's game over. They're just there. Um, and I think that's happened to a lot of people at one point or another, in whatever game you've been in. Uh, in fact, I'm real funny, uh, I can say it's frustrating about me. Uh, so I was in LA all of February, but uh, I always am uh, the, the LIPC. I think I played one $400 daily tournament deal at, at Commerce Casino uh, as I was uh, at the Hawaiian Gardens where all the mixed things right every day uh, during the week. And there's a guy playing for years, he even said, Adam, I, I swear, for years I've always enjoyed playing, you've always been great for uh, that, I've always enjoyed playing, with you. but now I can't stand playing with you. So it happens to everybody. Uh, uh, you say, just all of a sudden, just, I don't know, one or two things, all of a sudden click here, it's just like, you're just, I can't stand playing with you. So it, it happens to everybody, both, on both ends. So, you know, you know it, it's a good compliment to hear, and people want to hear that occasionally. I mean just don't Yeah, mind.
0: that's the ultimate compliment, right? I don't want to play with you or you see people show disgust when you come to their table. John, did you have something?
6: Well, yeah. First, I just wanted to mention that you actually uh, inspired us. Last time you were on the podcast, very shortly afterwards, we started up our mixed game series. So now once a month, we're playing mixed games, trying to get everyone introduced to them. Uh, for several uh, people in our group, it's been their first time playing these mixed games. Some of them have even decided to play them cold, meaning they aren't doing any uh, studying or don't even understand the rules of the game beforehand. So you can imagine that's kind of fun watching someone who doesn't even know what Baduki is trying to play that.
4: Easy money. Um,
6: yeah. But uh, mostly what we do here are tournaments, which are you know, obviously different than cash games. And one of the biggest differences in tournaments in no limit tournaments versus limit tournaments are when you are short stacked because you can't exercise the leverage of your full stack so what advice would you give to people playing a horse tournament for example when they become short stacked how do they adjust with that as opposed to if they were in a no limit tournament
5: you gotta play super tight solid Uh, every chip you put in is it's vital you need to get those chips back. Uh, no, you can't speculate. You just can't. And you really, you really can't do that for the most part. When you have a big side, unless you push the table around, which you can do in certain games easier than others uh, within uh, a mix, whether it's horse or eight game, ten game, or dealer's choice, there are games that's easier to do that than others. But when you're short spec, you just gotta be prepared. You, you wait patiently, and just hopefully you get that one hand where you get a good amount of your chips, and hopefully you, uh, at a bare minimum, get hack your chips back, and it's a split pot game, or hopefully you end up scooping. Uh, but you just can't get in there with any marginal hand. you just can't get in there with marginal hands to that point, you just can't, you can't afford it. So play tight sun is what hopefully wait for that spot and be very aggressive with it. That, Sounds that, that, good. That, that for the most part is, I mean, there's always small exceptions where things in there, but as a general guideline, I, that's probably what I think of, what, what's ideal.
6: Of course, the best approach I assume is to not become short stacked in the first <laughs> place, but
5: <laughs> I, I, for every tournament that I've ever, I mean, I haven't won like a lot of limit tournaments by any stretch. Like, definitely say I have been short stacking everyone. Uh, and obviously, every tournament I've lost, which is again almost all of them except for what 10 of them or whatever, uh, I was short in all of those, too. I, I, I unless there was a massive fall and no limit, but and limit everyone you have short in the limit, it's just inevitable.
1: So yeah, you gotta play really tight songs and wait for wait for the smile.
0: Andrew, did you have something there?
1: Yeah, I was just curious. Like, so with the possibility of uh summer camp not happening, which summer camp being a WSLP for most of us, uh what are you doing in Ohio to keep your game sharp? Because I I guessing you don't have a whole lot of access to online games. I'm just kind of curious as to what you do to kind of keep your game sharp.
5: Play a little bit where I can online. Uh just- I yeah again I don't have access. I mean I just, there's a couple games I can play in but uh, for the most part I, I again I haven't played as much as I would have, as I would like but I, I'm sure eventually sometime this fall I'm probably gonna, I'm probably going to be playing some, you know some tournament some of sites I guess like ACR or whatever uh, and then probably after a week or two I'm playing no Olympic events I'm probably going to be done I just like alright I'm just good right, because uh, like for the most part. I find no limit, uh, not as fun as the other games, and uh, again, basically, very limited and it's hard to
0: find online. Yeah, we all know what he's been doing, guys. If you've been playing the home game, you know that he's been jumping on our home game every night, eight o'clock central, under the name Magra 44. We all know that that's what he's been (laughs) doing. (laughs) It's a little inside joke there, Adam. But, uh, so, so, you know, one of the things that we talked about when you were on here before, and we talked to other mixed games people, another other mixed game specialists, and they would say, um you know it's good for no limit hold'em players to learn mixed games because it's actually going to help your no limit hold'em game as well uh talk a little bit maybe elaborate on that why is that like is it you know wh- what are some of the things that you know you're introduced to or that you're experiencing in a mixed game that is actually going to translate well for those of us who are trying to improve our our focus on no limit hold'em tournaments
5: i mean i've said for years even players, even people that just let's say play no limit tournaments exclusively uh you know, for a living, or, or that's just the only type of uh, poker they enjoy playing uh, recreationally. Every single game can help you in every other format of poker. For whatever reason, there could be a concept you learn if you play in study or better, you end up learning that you can apply to Pot Limit Omaha. There could be something in in a Juice of Seven a Pot Limit triple draw that somehow applies to Bidugi. uh These tiny concepts here and there that you, Sometimes you end up fearing the nuts more by playing some other games. Sometimes you you look, oh, I can be more liberal ones uh, in, uh, in certain aspects. There's always tiny things that just can jump from one game to another. You would just think, wow, there's just no direct correlation to it. But there there are always some are direct. Some there are even some indirect things. You just you just you can't really discover until you actually end up playing And All of a sudden, you just you start seeing things differently in the games you predominantly play. Like, huh, that's an interesting thought. That's something interesting. Maybe there's some sort. of you know, some, some sort of a layover there, and some things are, and some there aren't. But you can't know until you actually play. I mean, you you can only tell people so many times, but until they actually, uh, you know, put in the hours and put in the work, the majority, of them, the overwhelming, I would say, over ninety five percent plus, can actually see where there is some uh, crossover between the games. Yeah, the one of the places
6: that I recognized that the first time I ever understood the concept of card removal was in seven card stud and it's a very common concept you know everyone tells you look at all of the up cards so you know what's been folded later and remember those and that same concept applies to no limit hold them as well but it's
5: easier to envision in stud. correct uh <clears throat> uh that's i mean that's absolutely correct and obviously card is even more important uh, in the other series stud games studied are better in RAS. uh as i've gotten older my uh I'm probably 95% as sharp as I, as I was in my peak, so I can't always remember everything, uh, instead I, which I, I still consider my best game, uh, For I guess for now, for probably not much longer. But yeah, I mean, when you start seeing all, oh, let's see, if you've got these cards, this person can't, if he's trying to attempt to represent this hand, you know, all of them. well, and it's much more likely since I've got this card and this card, and, I, and you go from there. Uh, but yeah, so you just, uh, but you're right, like. It, it might not be as important in knowing the hold'em as it's a concept you might not have actually even figured out or understood before just like oh look at this this actually can help a little bit uh when you're trying to narrow up maybe a specific range someone's trying to represent when they're playing uh, knowing the hold'em
4: and i heard you just talking about you you feel like that's your best game is your favorite game your best game or is your favorite game different and why what makes it your favorite game or what makes it your best game
5: I mean, I would say what makes my best game is strictly, uh, I, I just believe it is. I, I can't really know how to really answer it. My favorite game is, at wherever I think the biggest difference between my skill level and the next skill level is, uh, <laughs> uh, it's what else's skill level is. Uh, it was actually pretty funny. At the uh, Like Sean, Dave actually said something to me. Uh, we, we actually played together in February and we hashed out some of our minor differences that we had uh, over the last summer. And, you know, he was, you know, he said at the final table, he said, he, you know, he, he said, Adam thinks seven cards is his best game, but it really isn't. Uh, I knew what he was saying, uh, which most people wouldn't have. Uh, it had to like literally, literally reflect, we, we spoke about that. And he, he, he knew exactly what I was talking about. It was like, this is my stud high game. Let's say my, Bidusi, my my I think my next two best games might be Bidusi, and Bidusi. My Bidusi, Bidusi might be this much here. But let's say, my, here's the stud and study and, uh, and let's, say, let's say maybe where everybody else is. Here's Bidusi, Bidusi, here's everybody else that's off the screen. So I think it's a bigger, I got a much bigger edge of Bidusi and Bidusi, even though I believe I'm better instead stud high than those two games personally.
0: So, I know you know you 're sort of known at least the the people that I know that know you say "Man, the guy studies all the time like he 'll play the twelve hour tournament then he goes home and he like runs hands he 's looking at hands before day two of the tournament or whatever so I mean at that 's my perspective of, of you is that you know're you 're studying hard on the felt on the off the felt, kind of really when you 're into playing you 're really playing hard, all those sort of things, and I think you obviously you know you and I have had a few conversations you 've got this natural sort of logical brain. You're also good at psychology. You can understand people. So there, there's sort of this natural gift, but you're working hard. Uh, I'm curious what your take is on for the average recreational player. So let's say, you know, maybe, maybe some of them aspire to be pros, but most of us, you know, where we're playing, we want to get better. We want to play a little bit higher, but we just want to get better, keep enjoying the game, you know, with, with limited time. Uh, how should we best spend our time? Is it just playing and getting reps? Is it is it studying? Is it a combination or just general principles of how do we improve our game? Or maybe, you know, as you've seen other people that have improved their game, what are the common characteristics of those folks?
5: Well, it's, I'll say this, I personally approach things differently than the overwhelming amount. So, what I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend what I do for others, uh, I, I just don't think it's going to uh, be ideal or transit well or most so others because I, I, I tend to think things much differently uh, than the majority. But I will say there's no substitute for putting for play. None. Bar none, number one, number one is going to be you, you put in the hours, playing something. Uh, you, you find out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, I, I would assume for the majority of people, the best way, other than that, you know, study when you can. Um, whatever the truth I, I, I couldn't even tell you what the best material is out there. I, I, I haven't studied. I mean, it was actually pretty funny. I was looking the other day. I some of the poker. I mean, I, I've got probably about four or five poker books uh from way back in the day from like 20 years ago i, I think i even have a what was a two plus two equals four but I don't even know that is a like some slansky book maybe uh which obviously doesn't apply anymore so you want to find more stuff that's more current uh and stuff like that uh the old because the only material that i've ever read that i still believe holds up really well is chip Reese's section on seven parts that high and, and the original super system i still believe a lot of those principles hold up very well um, so you you know when you can you know read what's out there and what's great about rec poker is you guys have you, know, you, don't, you all talk to each other, you know you're able to think, oh, you know, you, you find, you, you figure out you know different perspectives. Oh, why did you play this hand this way? Talk to me, And then you oh, why do not you play uh, the way uh, person B played it, or why, why not the way I played it? And you can just bounce ideas off each other. Um, I, I, I there's some people I occasionally talk to about some of the games. I've never been big into the whole group thing idea. Um, just a, it just doesn't fit me personally. And like, so the one way that I tend to study, I guess people which I know nobody does. And again, I've never studied charts, PIO, or any of that stuff. That's for all the people. Again, I don't think they know the whole terms. I don't aspire to play the super, the hundred K high rollers. I just don't care to. Uh, and it would take me. A, it, it probably would take me a while if I was to ever get that good. I have to. would have to study five or six months straight and not play, which I've got no desire to do. Uh, but generally, like what, like I think I've even told you this in the past. Steve, like what I've done is. I'll put some movie or some television show on Netflix, and I literally will run hands out, and I can already see how I'm playing every hand in every position, which again, I don't think I think that's very difficult to do, but somehow I'm, I'm able to understand what I would do in a lot of different spots. And it, I, again, I, I think it's very difficult for probably 98, 99%, I would've guessed that people do because it, it, it's just so hard to tell me. How do I know how this person can do it? I just I just know how I would try to play every hand in every spot based on I'll tell you, I'm not gonna say this well, I got this one. Yeah, so yeah, I don't only play, but race and re-race, yeah, probably gotta fold. Uh, so stuff like that. Uh, again, it's not something I really uh, recommend for people. I would say above all else, put in the hours and just play. That's without question, predominantly number one, and a big drop-off uh, between studying. number two is that there's a very big drop off in my opinion after that.
0: Now I see you, you know, when I've, I've had a chance to cover some events. and I've been able to watch you run deep in a lot of these tournaments. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it just, it feels like you're, you're so deep in thought, uh, not necessarily even when you're in and hand, when you're, when you're out of a hand. Now sometimes you're walking around or whatever, but it feels like there's these, these times, sure. these periods of times where it might be a half hour, an hour, where it just looks like you're just like there. Now, either you're dreaming about something else or you're, you're thinking really deeply about those things. I know, you know, this is t- out of context, but I always want to know, like, what are you thinking about in those moments? If you're uh, in, in general, like what's sort of consuming your thoughts when you're not like in a hand right then, are you thinking about the players? Are you thinking about the tournament situation, the phase of the tournament? The, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just want to know, like when you're deep in thought and it's not about a particular hand that's going on, can, can you sort of categorize what it is that you're thinking about?
5: Uh, it could be a lot of things. I could just be wondering uh, if it's going to be raining tonight on some <laughs>
0: It doesn't look like that, but maybe it is.
5: Oh, you know, mean Jack Cleveland, I mean, I mean, some of those nights you saw oh, that. Right. I'm trying to think where I'm going on my dinner break, actually. So yeah, it's pretty brutal, actually. No, but in all <laughs> seriousness, uh, a couple things. One, uh, depending on my stack size, I'm trying to think what hands I want to play in certain positions and so forth. I'm basically trying to stereotype every individual at the table based off the hands that I've seen them play, and if I haven't seen them before. I'll start at that just based on maybe half the times how they're how they're dressed what, uh, or you know what they're, what they're looking like. I'm looking for all kinds things, you know, and I might look at that you know before I actually see the play and go from there. It's not it's not always it's obviously not foolproof by any stretch, but you know I, I try to put people like you know, this person is just way too loose to face people off have already seen too much. Dude, this person I can raise his mind even on my short stack because he's just not going to defend unless he has it. Uh, so I'll try his mind, I'll definitely try to attack when possible. This person, oh, he's going to give it away. Just got to be really patient. Just give him a penny to rope in the right spot, and bam, we will get my double ball bust the guy. Uh,
0: so, are you like always, Are you one of those guys that always kind of knows how many blinds everybody has at the in the tournament at all times? Is that part of your thing? Or are you?
5: I, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm definitely trying to keep aware of, of stack sizes, uh, especially later on when I get into a tournament. Um, I, I mean, are you
0: are you like saying, okay, I know that guy's got 42. He has 33. He's got 57. Or is it just sort of like? Small stack, big stack.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try exactly, exact, especially if it's earlier in the building stages. Though. I'm not going yeah. to get it to an exact. because like so you're so far away but at that right. point you. know, forget about winning. Just even, even thinking about the final table, that. So yeah, you just want to just you just want to be where you're at. Are you the big stack of the table so where you can? Or mm-hmm. uh, do you guys go? you got to tighten it up a little bit? Uh, just the best player in your direction, just the person you receive with the best player. I'm not if you're not ranking yourself. Adventure is the best person you perceive the him on your direct left or direct right. Uh, now you gotta tighten up a little bit because he might take advantage of you if uh, you start playing a little too wide, you just are there, he's just too good. He's just gonna screw it and you're just gonna give you chips that way. So yeah, you wanna always be you need to be aware of what's going on. And sometimes more so let's say if I'm playing like an SPC tournament, maybe as opposed to some of the best little series. I can basically do it all. Like sometimes as little as ninety seconds, sometimes, which is really absurd. But sometimes I'm at the lesson, I gotta be. I gotta be on my game all times if I'm at just really brutal tables. Um, but yeah, you don't want to take anything for granted. You don't want to under. You want to underestimate people. That's mm. how you end up. You just, you're just yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, Chris.
2: Yeah. So speaking of sort of estimating people and underestimating people, we we often ask our guests who are sort of no limit. Uh, experts uh, you know what, what are the biggest mistakes they see rec players making how can you you know sit down at a table and say boy I'm in a good this is a good table because there's a bunch of fish here because they're doing xyz in a mixed game when you sit down in a mixed game and you see a player doing you know x y or z and your boy you're saying you're licking your chop saying this is a great game because this player is doing this what are they doing too much what how do you identify that fish at the table pretty easily
5: I mean, it could just be the hands you see. I mean, for the most part, I would say it's just what hands are you seeing them play? I mean, are, are they defending picture cards and Razzle in the low card races? <laughs> uh, are, are they uh, are they just playing way too wide? Are they way too tight for living? I mean, where they're just waiting for the absolute nuts. Uh, where, I mean, you can still run people over in certain spots of the limit uh, if they're going to allow you to. And again, like in a turn, like I said, we're talking more of a tournament when you are the big stack, and especially if. You, in some ways, in mixed concurrence, especially in limit, I do better against people who are confident as opposed to people who are completely clueless cool sometimes. Because the people that are clueless, they have no idea that they're supposed to play really tight. But to be are confident, know that I got to let Adam on me over here in the spot. It's just the way it is. Because I got to be really, tight. I have to wait. I really need to wait for my spot. I don't want to take that marginal situation. And bang, now I've lost the majority of my stack I'm on the number I'm out. Uh, so yeah, you need to. Uh, in that in that regard I've actually I have done actually gotta maybe got some slightly confident players supposed to maybe players but those players who would you know you gotta just play much more tidy you've got their slot because they're, they're gonna give their money away and they're and it doesn't and they're not necessarily giving away it can be any way to the table so you just can't run them over because they don't know they're not supposed to be run over in certain spots.
0: Any other questions from the panel? All right guys. Well, let's uh, Adam I guess as we as we start to wrap up here, we try to keep these, you know, 30 40 minutes. So as we start to wrap up, uh you know, as, as you have a chance to address Rec Poker Nation. Now a lot of these folks are tuning in because they heard you before They're like, I want to hear more from Adam. Uh you know, what what other advice would you have for for those of us who are learning the game, whether it's about learning the game, whether it's about bankroll management, whether it's about uh, enjoyment of the game, learning it in community, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, here, here, here's your chance to address our audience uh, that are all waiting with bated breath to hear what Adam Friedman just might tell them with his with his Unabomber beard from, from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, I mean, as we sort of wrap up here, what what final messages would you have for the folks?
5: Generally speaking, I think one of the biggest mistakes you'll see amongst recreational players is they play way too many hands. Uh, it just, just you want to build a solid foundation uh, I think it's very difficult uh, to be. Uh, there are some people they can just do it. They can play super loose and learn from their mistakes right away. But I, I think that's a very, very small, tiny, single digit percentage of people that can do that. I think you're much better off when you start playing really tight style overall. Uh, you know, you just you know nobody wants to get buried. I mean, most people are initially going to lose when they when they play a new games. It's just the way it is. Uh, there are those very few exceptions of people they just they just got it uh like when new games get better now i'm more or less good to go just because i i build a solid foundation in terms of how to play most of the games. so the new game gets in the minute, whether it's draw related stud related flop related limit pot limit no limit doesn't matter i've built i've been able to build a foundation but just understand the basic commonalities in a lot of different games and i think all you can do is just play really tight soft try not to learn a lot of games at once uh, it can be way too much. It can be way over If you want to really stick up one game at a time, even nowadays, I mean, it, again, it's been a, in terms of the bigger games. There haven't too many games in the last two, three years that are new. All of a sudden, uh, getting some variation of random stud games. You've got a couple of random drama games, uh, like drama doogie, drama, drama hot seven, drama on high. Uh, but even then, I mean, there's a basic fundamental fundamental process on how to play the games. And you make different adjustments in terms of just you know understanding you know you know when in doubt just playing tight solid. It, it's okay if you think the hand's marginal, just hold it initially. Just try to play really tight hands to begin with. Then you can start to open it up a little bit, and then you see well, okay this does work. Uh, maybe it doesn't, uh, and go from there. But maybe this hand it can work, but only in this situation or two. Whereas uh, okay maybe the majority or small certain things it really doesn't. So I think for the most part you just really for the most part you want to really big tight solid. Uh, you know, in the overall, especially limits. I mean, there's only so much you can do. Uh, you know, when you're playing limit, sometimes you are completely handicapped by the cards you've got, and that's just all there is to it. It's, I mean, you yeah. know, it's like, it's like if you're playing Raz, and all you do is get a picture card every time face up. Doesn't matter what you have. People are raising Look like you can't do anything. Don't just be. Like, I've had it. I can't think anymore. And then tight player raises. Uh, with two low cards behind him, like I, I can't take it, I got a 10 up, I'm gonna play two, four in the Okay, well, that person Well, grant you, you could always win the hand, but you're already taking uh, three to two or a little bit worse than to begin With you know, I'm sure that'll really work out well long term. Of course, you can win the hand, it can happen, you're going to win you know, a percentage of the time, but more often than not, you're just going to burn money, and that's just all I yeah. do.
0: Good stuff, man. So as we, as we wrap up, any any dates on the calendar, any tournaments on the calendar at all? I mean, I know everything kind of up in the air. Is there anything out there that you're saying, man, I hope I hope this opens up by such and such a date because I really want to play such and such, or is it just, let's just see what happens?
5: Well, I'll be honest, the majority of my fun is right now and it would we'll be finishing up. So I mean, I enjoy playing MSBT tournaments when they're around, especially when they're within a nice little two-hour drive north to Cleveland. <laughs> or if I'm playing out West LA or Vegas, it's just a one-foot stopover, like like Iowa or something. I enjoy doing that. But uh, I mean, like I said, I, I, I enjoy cash infinitely much more than I enjoy playing yeah. So I mean, like I said, since I, I don't want really to get too optimistic, because i I know I'm in a very pessimistic group of how oh, I think this is going to last with COVID-19. Uh, I initially said 18 months. I've already changed my mind. I think it's going to be three years out. I really do. Uh, and truth is, at least with that mindset, if I'm right, well, at least I'm
0: prepared. And if I'm wrong, great. Right, right. Well, Adam, Adam Friedman, man, I mean, it's, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Uh, tremendous uh, player, obviously. Great dude. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to, to enlighten us. Uh, we got the mixed game coming up here in a couple of days. Uh, we'll connect offline if, if that's going to work out for you to, to jump in there and play with us. But either way, man, uh, appreciate you jumping on the show.
5: Absolutely. I'm glad to be here and uh, hope I'll be here sometime in the future. And uh, like I said, I'll, I'll have a better idea what's going on probably two, three hours end time on Wednesday, whether I can play or not, and I'll let you know.
0: Well, we'll watch for you. Just let me know your screen name if you're able to play, and we'll we'll keep an eye out for you. All
5: right. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for having me on. Really appreciate it. All right,
0: it. Adam. Yeah, we're going to stick yeah. around here so you can just jump off there uh, when you're able, but thanks again.
5: Thank you, guys. Thanks, Adam. Thank you.
0: Right. All right, guys. Good stuff there from three-time bracelet winner Adam Friedman, mixed game specialist. Uh, man, uh, he's he's got a he's got a unique way of approaching things for sure. Uh, what what do you guys think?
1: I'm gonna stake him if he's in the home, in the <laughs> horse that we <laughs> played <I'm gonna>
0: Wednesday. <laughs> who who oh, do you got? Never right? money maker. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the I'll only time what?
4: I've ever the only time I've ever played horse was with a basketball in my dad's right. driveway. <laughs> this is gonna be a stretch.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no. I I'm. Gonna, a, I'm a, go ahead.
6: Well, I was just gonna say I, I'm gonna, you know, front both of their fees. I'm gonna pay for <laughs> both of their ways in.
0: Very just, generous. What kind? Of, what kind of markup do you think they get in the free home game? <laughs> 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 what were you gonna say, Chris? Oh, just I mean,
2: it's it's always exciting. I I know, you know, I'm I'm really trying to sort of learn mixed games just a little bit, but especially in this time, it's kind of hard to find a place to play them except our sort of weekly home games, and it's kind of hard when but but I am really excited I think once things open up I want to try to learn these games and he's such a good ambassador for for them so it's fun to hear him talk about him
0: yeah and somebody's so accomplished I think it's a name that a lot of folks in rec poker world don't know because we're so focused on no limit hold that sort of thing and we hear who's this guy that's made three million dollars and won three bracelets who's this Adam Friedman guy uh, very accomplished and then you know of course we all know Hendon Mob that's your tournament statistics and if he's playing cash we don't know how much money he's made, but I can tell you from his stats from the MSPT are unbelievably off the hook. Like it's it's got to be like a 400% ROI given uh, of all the terms he's played. It's unbelievable how much success he's had there. So very accomplished, but you know, when you talk to him, he's he's kind of like he was on the interview. He's just kind of like, <laughs> like wait, wait, where, where are we going? You know, uh, but but man, he's he's a thinker boy. It's it's so deep and he just kind of gets it. So, I think he gets it so quick. It's hard for him to communicate it. No. Yeah. I think there's a
6: lot of stuff behind what he's saying that he's not able to relay or doesn't relay, you know, we'd probably go over our heads anyway, but you know, you can tell there's a lot there.
3: I think the the way he learns is, is the reason why he can't articulate as to us, what he's really trying to articulate because he's just learns by playing. He doesn't read books, he doesn't watch videos, he doesn't have a group of people that he thrashes his hands around with. So he's just picking it up and just absorbing it and it just becomes part of how he thinks about it, but he doesn't really understand how he got there, he just gets there. You know, it's just like almost uh I don't know, it's just a- amazing genius to be able to do that without yeah, right. putting that effort in.
2: If I did that, it would be a very expensive uh, learning <laughs> exactly. process. Exactly.
4: I, I think
0: that's, I think that's exactly right. I think he does. I like guess I know he'll rewatch like final tables and he'll just like watch him for hours and hours and like pausing and just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking by himself. Uh, and so then, yeah, he internalizes that, but then he's not a coach. He's not a teacher. So right. yeah, he's not used to articulating that. He just kind of, it's become part of him, but yeah, I, I think that's good insight that, that's his style of learning. And that he even said that, like the group thing isn't really for him. Cause that's not, he's a very, he can be very introverted, you know, and he likes to learn by himself. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that's good insight. Well, any, anything else on the, uh, uh, on the recap of Adam? Good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's hit the round Robin here. Uh, I think we got the, the amazing John Somsky's up first, if I'm not mistaken.
6: By yes, I am. Um, I don't know that I'm amazing, but I am up. Anyway, the uh home game, we had our uh monthly home game last month, and the Nolan Holdem game was won by our own none other than five by five 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 Chris Jones.
0: There you go, Jones-y. And you're and you're eligible for another pin too, because that's not the that nightly one.
2: Bring bring me a pin.
4: <laughs> had to had to beat my 5-5, five, five, too. I had the pocket fives I ready to take you, you out. i
2: telling everybody listening, everybody on the panel, don't try to use fives against me.
1: Only I can use them.
4: <laughs> don't do it, folks. The blade twisted in my hand. It knew it served another master. It was Chris's hand the whole time. Well done, Congrats, sir.
1: Chris.
6: <laughs> well, the, uh, the other thing, so PokerStars has changed the lineup of games that are available. So uh, as it turns out, Triple Stud is no, was no longer available, so we pivoted and this month is going to be Horse. All that is, is it's Triple Stud, which is the RSE portion of Horse, along with Hold'em and Omaha 8-or-Better. So uh, there are separate videos for Limit Hold'em and uh, Limit Omaha 8-or-Better, and then you can watch the Triple Stud video for Stud and get all of your information about how to play a horse there.
0: John, how does it uh, rotate it around, just real quick, for those of us who are really idiots, you don't need to give us a whole tutorial, but how often does it switch games?
4: It's just whoever misses, pa- whoever misses a whoever misses the shot, the next person gets to choose the shot.
0: <laughs> there you go. Do you get two chances on the E on the last one? You get two chances? I don't remember
6: how, how PokerStars does it. Okay. They might do a number of levels. In most casino uh, games, what they do is they play like eight hands of a game, and then ah. it switches. The main reason why they do hands instead of just levels is because stud hands take much longer than Hold'em and Omaha takes a little bit longer than Hold'em, although not as long as stud. So if you go by levels, then you'd get shortchanged playing stud. So okay. typically they do a specific number of hands. I'm actually not sure how uh, poker stars does it themselves, it, but it'll switch. It'll You'll be playing Hold'em for – a number of hands and then you're gonna be playing Omaha 8 for number of hands, then Raz, then stud high,
0: then Omaha 8 or earth then stud eight or better.
3: And I have well, my goal, have is, a my goal is to be everybody. able to play all
0: five. I want to play all five games That's my goal. Go ahead Rob. I have That's a bold. tip for
3: everybody. I've played that triple stud on Poker Stars Home games before and we'll be playing Raz and then it'll switch to stud and I won't realize that it switched. <laughs> so I'm trying to find this low hand, and everybody else is going for the high. And I'm oh, like, what happened? no. So yeah, well it, pay well, attention to the table, because it says it right on the Poker Stars table. On that your was my question. Okay, it good.
2: So says it, right
3: it says so it right there. So pay attention, because it really – screwed me up.
1: It probably won't give you a dinger, a timer, a buzzer, or anything. It's just uh, going to switch and you just got to pay attention. (laughs) And you're going from
3: one stud game to another, so you don't even realize that you switched.
0: John's
4: always going from one stud game to another. (laughs) He just
0: lives there.
6: Yeah, I've made that mistake more than once. And, you know, as long as you do it convincingly, sometimes (laughs) you can even win. Um, You know, or I've been playing I, I thought it was Raz, and then I back into a straight and end up winning stud high or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, I wasn't so lucky. <laughs> Just don't fold. You yeah, gotta make sure you don't fold if you got that one.
6: <laughs> All right, the uh, next thing we have on the docket is our June nightly tournament of champions. That's going to be played on July 13th. Uh, right now, everyone has signed up for the home game league except for one person, Kek. Geek,
0: come on, Jacob.
6: Jacob S. So if you know who he is, or if it is you, uh, go ahead and sign up for uh, the league. I think a few people still need to sign up for the tournament, but that's going to be uh, next Monday.
0: I think it's a ploy for him just to hear his name a few times on the podcast. <laughs> yeah,
6: and don't forget, <laughs> this is where you get your chance to win Let's go. the very coveted silver pin.
4: Oh
0: man, it's mine, baby. Oh, I want.
6: I don't think has any of the core group won a silver pin. There's
0: only no. a two. We've had two: had Gorov and then per, Roger oh, Shute. Oh, okay. Yeah, Roger okay. Shute won. Uh, he's from Maine. He won the May, and then Gorov Aurora from Chicago won the June TOC in early July. Or I mean, uh, May, no, May April to May, and then May to June. So we've had yeah. we've got two two silver pins have been awarded.
4: Well, I, I'm I'm getting this one, so y'all can just stay home on Monday the 13th because it's spoken for. I'm coming. I want well,
6: it. Well, this it is, particular series is going to be a little bit more difficult than uh, our normal Tournament of Champions because I did not qualify for it.
0: Ooh.
6: Um, yeah. So uh, I will be recording, however, the final <laughs> table, <laughs> and it will be uh, reviewed by a panel during our end of month stretch chat. Yeah, that's fun. Remember.
0: So That's great. Wait, so John's say, say that again, John, take one on the chin. I might, have st- yeah. I might have stepped over what you're saying there. Say that again, because that's an important – you members out there, you might love this. Say, what, say what's happening again.
6: Uh, the final table is going to be recorded and reviewed by the panel during our end-of-month strat chat. So, so sweet. you're going to be able to see what all of these wizards are doing when they're uh, fighting for the silver pin.
4: And we don't that's record awesome. the final table of just the nightly tournament. We record the final table of the Tournament of Champions. So by the time people have sat down at this table, they're already champions. So by the time they get to the final table, there's even fewer champions (laughs) than before. So this is going to be some exciting play. And we're actually going to be releasing the video play of the table without any commentary for members just to watch and make their own assumptions, use this to practice your own uh, street-by-street analysis and stuff like that. And then at the end of the month in our monthly strat chat, the whole panel will go through and review this play, and you can come join us. If you're on the final table, come join us and tell us what, why you did what you did or what you were thinking in that time, and we'll all get a chance to to learn together. I'm really looking excited to
0: this. I assume there's only like 10 of us in the Tournament of Champions because Dra- the Draybacks won like 15 of the <laughs> ones, so I, I, I like my chances.
6: I think actually it was 21 <laughs> people qualified for it, so oh, okay. uh <laughs> Yeah. But, but the drebecks had more than their fair share. Yeah, and we'll continue more of that year right. shortly. <laughs> um, for our Rec poker nightly series, remember, the social distancing series has been rebranded. It is now the Rec Poker Nightly series, and it is going to be continuing until further notice. On June 29th, Anciano, 1941, Mark Foster won his second nightly series. June 30th, Carl 0621, Carl Anderson, won his first nightly series. July 2nd, Witchy Stuff, Leda Ligari, won her fourth uh, nightly series. July 3rd, Elvis 76, Steve Kreps, won his first nightly series title. And then on July 4th, Oreo Milk 444, Owen Drabeck, won an impressive third nightly series title. However, not to be outdone. His father came along and on July fifth, MAGRA forty four, Doug Drayback won his seventh nightly series title. Oh my
0: god. And he's got a mixed game. He's got eight of these eight of these suckers. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm saying it's Adam Friedman in disguise.
4: The Drebacks. What are they putting in the water over there? Are those Minnesota boys? Is that they, where they are. are yeah. Yeah. Is? Oh, They're my, my home, game, well, what's my home the, game. What's the rest of your excuse then? Good Lord.
6: Well, you know, know, those keys on my keyboard are starting to wear out. <laughs> right. So I really, this, I am begging. I am pleading with the entire <laughs> rec poker community. Please bring your A game. We yeah. have had enough of these Draybeck wins. We <laughs> all have to play our best against them. Please, please. <laughs> no, actually, seriously, this is very impressive. Congrats yeah. to both
4: yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah for and sure. and, 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 uh, and another shout out for Leda, Witchy Stuff from Canada, yeah. her fourth nightly series. Um, I think that might be the top Canadian performance, even counting Mike Patrick and all his uh, mixed game winnings in through the seasons. We might have a new Canadian, Canadian royalty, as far as I'm concerned, you know, pretty exciting stuff.
0: She's tough. All right. Thank you, John. Awesome stuff as always. Uh, How about Andrew?
1: right, so uh, last time when we did Learning with Partners, it was two weeks ago, uh, we had Red Chip Poker and Learn Pro Poker. Uh, Make sure to check out that video in the premium membership area of Rec.Poker, right? And then this Wednesday, uh, July 8th, uh, it's going to be at 6.30 p.m. We're featuring Solve for Why and Learn Pro Poker. And the video session will be released the following week. Uh, So once we we get that out, uh, it'll be available to the premium membership. the following week, so make sure you go check that out. And as always, make sure you can check out rec dot poker slash resources for all the deals we got with all of our great affiliates out there.
0: And and just to be clear, Andrew, uh, you're doing a great job with that stuff. But you guys, if you're a member at Rec Poker, a premium member, you're getting like an hour plus of content from these world class providers, as well as all the stuff that we're putting together. So uh, fantastic! We had an opportunity to pull fifteen minutes of each one of those out of this thing every month and they're fantastic. I mean, you're choosing just great segments, super helpful stuff. So way to go, man, good stuff.
4: And, and, if, and if premium members do want to show up to those live sessions, um, yep. they can also suggest aspects of the websites for Andrew to look at next time. So if, if you are thinking about checking out some of these premier training sites, um, get, put a little shopping list together and say, hey, Andrew, I'm kind of curious about you know looking behind the curtain at, at what's on in this section here. And you know that's one of the perks of being a premium rec booker member.
1: And you get to be part of the discussion afterwards if there's something oh, about one of the yeah. videos you didn't didn't understand or didn't quite catch. I mean, we, we have a discussion afterwards, too. And sometimes we go down some rabbit holes, but otherwise <laughs> we have a lot of fun with that, too. So
4: That's great. I love those. And, and it yep. just goes to show like you can you can watch the videos when they're released and you can just catch up on your own time. But if you join us for the segments, you really get a lot out of the interactive aspect of it. And that, that really has helped me a lot.
0: Robert, how are you? He's going got the thing going on. <laughs> I'm muted. I
3: wasn't expecting. Um, not much. We had our we had our second session last uh, Wednesday. Uh, our next section session uh, is on the let's see what it was it the the fifteenth.
0: Is it Wednesday? July? Yeah, once we Wednesday the fifteenth. Yeah. yeah. Wednesday the fifteenth at
3: six thirty. We'll be uh, going through rules five
0: through
3: seven uh it sounds like that's three but actually there's a 5a and a 6a
0: so <laughs> <there's>... <laughs> would a lawyer write this book or what <laughs> yeah. Matros, uh, a I, lawyer? I, I don't is he a lawyer Matros? i don't know no i thought he was an author <laughs> he's,
4: he's a rule author. writer
0: there right. you go <laughs> yeah a rule writer all right but well, anyway good. yeah
3: it's great great content great fun we've had a lot of uh interaction with some of the uh, members that have come and joined us but we talk about rabbit holes. We've gone down a few, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of good discussion. So please join us. It's a good time.
4: And uh, Jack Burke, one of our members, sent in this great uh, PDF where he was working on some of the stuff in Matt's book that we were describing, and it's great having that kind of uh, back and forth with the members. It, it, it's it's We're all kind of working on this together on our own and then bringing our ideas together to share, and it's, it's going. It's, it's just a treat
1: yeah, and for anybody that hasn't had a chance to read it or hasn't heard about it, it's it's a different it's a different way to approach tournaments than you used to and it's it's really awesome. It's just kind of a different different aspect to think about and get got my mind turning on a couple of things too. so I should sure check it out.
3: yeah it's a it's a system rather than learning all the basic contents, you just have to learn the system and then put that into play and uh, it's gonna automatically uh, give you a little more aggression. it's gonna give you A little more confidence in the plays that you're making because you're not worried about it's really weird one thing that's about weird about it is that he doesn't talk about uh what the other player has he's only concerned with what you have so Hmm. you don't have to do that deep think about oh what does he have here what you just know what you have and then you make their action accordingly so it's Hmm. really it's a system intriguing yeah
0: yeah it's, it's really kind of interesting Good stuff. Well, thanks for leading that, Rob. How about you, Chris?
2: Uh, well, so in membership land, obviously with the new website dropping, uh, we're really excited, but the July seminar is gonna be live on that new website. So look for that. Uh, the July seminar is on bluffing. Um, so uh, we're really excited. I think it's some really good content. So it should be when you check out the new poker, check out the new seminar. Uh, and then just a reminder, as we were talking about, um, on July 22nd um, we'll have our strat chat which will be uh, us as well as any members who want to show up uh, ask questions we can talk about other things too but we'll be going over the um, the tournament of champions table talking about decisions and um, going through that as a panel so that'll be really good as well
0: man I really want to make that final table but I'm nervous if you guys are going to be breaking down my play <laughs> oh that'll be, <laughs> nice second, that'll be uh, what is good. he doing <laughs> he played it like he had pocket fives.
4: <laughs>
0: Good stuff. Well, thanks, Chris. I mean, again, that the content is is unbelievable that, that you are leading us into producing. It's seriously, uh, if you're not a member out there, you should be, because it's great, great stuff. So thank and you for Chris. Christian. All, all yeah.
2: the backlog, if you haven't checked him out or want to yeah. become a member We've got months of uh, backlog of these seminars. Um, They're really designed. They were designed to sort of build up Mm -hmm. towards what would be going on right now is the World Series of Poker. So, like, basically, it's the first batch of these was really designed to help you take on your first or improve at uh, going after a big multi-table tournament.
0: Yeah, very strategic in nature. Chris really thought through, you know, how do we get them? How do we get us from here to there in six months time? So very strategic. And I think it's very effective as well. Jim, what do you got for us?
4: I mean, I'm just so excited about the new schedule that we're rolling out with the uh, new website this week, and we've got things happening every single day. So you know there's the nightly home game every night. but even other than that, there are seminars, there's the Strat chat, there's learning with partners, there's the book study, we do online play and hangs. there's others just a ton of engagement opportunities. and And those aren't just for premium members, even if you're a free member at a rec poker community. We've got, we've got free Fridays, almost, almost every Friday, we send something out for free with strategic value. And there's, there's uh, postings on Tuesdays that are free, all the forums and discussion groups. Um, There's a lot of great ways to get involved there. And I, I cannot wait to start meeting some of the new members in the new space.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna do a we'll do a special episode or a special release of some kind where we really get into the the website, what's all out there, that sort of thing. Uh, but it is like like Jim said, it's phenomenal as far as here's the stuff just for anybody, free stuff. Be a member, you can be part of the community with with no cost. You want to go to the next level of learning, pay for the premium membership, you get all this learning, more opportunities to engage. All of that sort of stuff, and if you want to go to the next level, we got this thing called the Wrecking Crew, uh, which is which is really an opportunity kind of to show your wares uh, out there. So really, it's fun, dynamic, uh, and and I'll just say, uh, you know, the the vision for wreck Poker has evolved over the last few years from just it's just a podcast uh, hanging out with Minnesota people getting to know a little strategy. And over the last few years, it's just evolved into this, this movement of a community of people that want to learn the game, get better, but enjoy doing it and build relationships and build friendships and, and celebrate each other's victories. Uh, and that movement has just been so fun to be a part of. And finally, we have a tool to help us do that even better. Uh, the tool we had is just didn't work for what we we're trying to do. And we tried to piece it together with that and discord and Facebook groups. And this is the, the idea behind this tool is it's just a tool. Uh, the goal is not to have a membership site the goal is to have this encouraging vibrant poker learning community uh, and that's what this tool really is so uh, we want to encourage you guys get out there you can get a free membership uh, i'll say that again uh, you can be part of the rec poker community and, and that's where you're going to be able to build these relationships learn together have the opportunities to to come on the podcast or hang out with the panel, that kind of thing. So uh, that's sort of my final two bits about the website. But uh, anybody else, have, I mean, I'm beyond excited about it. It turned out really good. Um, anybody else have anything with the website? Anything else to add?
4: It's just great. This, everybody on this panel contributes mightily. Uh, yeah. Month in and month out, everyone here has something that they're responsible for. Everyone here takes it very seriously. They put quality stuff together. And I think everyone on this panel here and Taylor and Mark and you know a few other people that are helping out behind the scenes um, should be really proud of what they're doing. And I just want to say thanks, Steve, for putting this together and taking us on this journey because we're going some wonderful, fantastic places and it's been a blast along the way.
0: Yeah, no, it was fun to get it started, but then it it took everybody to come alongside and let's go on this journey together. That's way, way more fun than it ever was before that. So it's good stuff. Uh, The last couple things, thank you, Jim. The last couple things that I would say is just um, July 7th, Tuesday, July 7th. So right away, quick turnaround. uh, Tuesday nights, we are doing this this online play and hang thing. So every Tuesday night with our nightly home game, uh, you can jump on Zoom. Um, and so we'll have the link out in the community area uh, of the website. So uh, go there, become part of hang, hang out with us on Zoom. And then I think we're going to do a special one on Wednesday night. It wasn't planned, but uh, we've got the mixed game. Uh, so we'll do another zoom out there as well if you want to jump in there we got moneymaker out there maybe we'll have adam friedman uh, you jump out there you just hang out we can all talk in one room or you can go to breakout rooms and talk to the people at your table uh, it's just a blast so uh, make, take a look for that as well uh, it's super fun uh, we've just had a great time getting to know each other uh, more than just a screen name so those are my last couple of updates um, if there's nothing else that we missed chime in if there is uh, but we'll sign off there. Make sure you go to rec dot poker. Uh, it's got a whole new meaning when we say that now. Go to rec dot poker. Andrew's got uh, you want a you got a running aces thing there? What do you got there? I can't see it. Running aces. You want to talk about their opening up for cash and they're open up for cash. So yeah, running aces is is he showing the sponsorship? One of our sponsors, uh, running aces racetrack casino and hotel, and they are now open as of today for cash games. Uh, Correct. I think they're they're uh, they plen- are, they're planning on running five man. tables six handed. Uh, 2100 100 Omaha and 4-8, I think, is what they were talking about doing for cash. Uh, six-handed tables, plexiglass, and then they're going to just kind of see how it goes from there. So no announcement on um, on tournaments or anything like that. But So one of our sponsors is now open for cash. If you're not afraid of the virus, I guess go <laughs> go support them. If you're going to go play somewhere, support Running Aces. Uh, they're, they're our sponsor, and we appreciate what they've done. But also website AMP. Uh, Mark Prashan's company doing great things and Ryan LaPlante's Learn Pro Poker. They also sponsor the show and everything that we're doing with Poker. So thanks to those guys. Uh, Thanks again to Adam Friedman. Thanks to the panel, Jim Reed, John Somsky, Chris Jones, Rob Washam, Andrew Feist, and myself, Steve Fredlin. And with that, uh, we'll catch you next week.